Enjoy this recording taken from an unscripted live audio conversation on Mensa. That's M-E-N-T-Z-A. Ladies and gentlemen, Namaskar. Welcome to the 15th edition of the Jaipur Literature Festival, protected by Detol, Banegas West India, at Jan Michalski Foundation Beta. The festival brochure and flyer with details of the full program are available at purchase at the information desk. We are delighted to introduce Curtains Up, a life in theater. This session is presented by Red FM India. Dazzling theater personality, Dolly Thakur's autobiography breaks all barriers and vividly describes her life with searing honesty. Co-written with Argya Lahiri, who carries 20 years of theater experience, regrets, none is humorous, witty and candid, as it discusses the glitz and glamour of her eventful life. Taco traverses continents and encounters a motley assortment of people from all walks of life. Feminist publisher and author Ritu Menon's biography of the remarkable actor and dancer Zohra Segal, who lived a full life until the age of 90. Zohra, a biography in four acts, is uniquely structured in theatrical style. Menon puts into context how the creativity of dancer Uday Shankar and actor Prithviraj Kapoor impacted Segal. In conversation with Sonjoy K. Roy, Thakur, Menon, and Lahiri, discuss the essence of theater, its genius, its magic, and its pervading misogyny. I would like to introduce the panelists. Dolly Thakur is a veteran actor, newscaster, columnist, and casting director who has worked in advertising, communications, and PR. She is also a staunch social activist, particularly for children and destitute women and for citizens for peace. Ritu Menon is a feminist publisher and writer who has been active in the women's movement in India and South Asia for almost three decades. Argya Lahiri is a writer, theater director, lightning designer, and filmmaker. He has worked in the theater circle in every capacity he could have laid his hands on for over 20 years. Regrets None is his second book. Sanjay Roy, an entrepreneur of the arts, is the managing director of Teamwork Arts, producers of the Jaipur Literature Festival and JLF, and 25 other festivals across the world, and is a founder trustee of Salam Balak Trust. I request Sanjay Roy to take over the session. Thank you, Deba. Uh, and welcome to uh, our new, wonderful, underground, artsy venue, uh, which is the Jan Mikalski uh, venue for the arts, and of course it's called Bethak. Uh, I have these wonderful people. When, I, when these two books arrived uh, at my table, uh, Zora, uh, who used to call me Jesus Christ uh, for whatever reason, and, uh, and, and Dolly, who I've known forever, and Arghya, who has been engaged with us uh, in Meta, our Mahindra Excellence of Theatre Awards. It was delightful to be able to read the stories of these two amazing characters. And as Arghya and I were discussing a little while ago, there was so much of cross-connection, their journeys through uh, London, their, their meetings in different homes, and that's something that we wanted to explore. I'm going to start with... Uh, Ritu, Zora's no more with us. Zora Appa, I think, passed away when she was 
102 and let me tell you certainly till her 100th birthday she was as feisty as you could find anybody she didn't take any nonsense and i think it was on her 97th or 98th or 99th birthday i can't remember we had her uh, at the meta awards at the lifetime uh, uh, celebration and she sang um uh, what did she sing abib to main jawan hu so amazing i just loved everything about her ritu what made you sort of pick up on zora and her story there no okay well you know sanjay as you said she's an extraordinary woman and i had known her for about uh, maybe 10 or 15 years and each time we met she succeeded in surprising me yet again i remember one time i went to see her she was uh, she she was in the hospital she had sort of slightly unwell kiran her daughter was in bombay and she called me from there and she said ritu zara ammi ke yahan zara ja ke dekh lena wo theek to hain so i said fine i'll go and see her i went to the hospital and a small clinic and um, i knocked on the door and she said kon so i gave i said my name and she said abhi nahi abhi nahi i thought you know she's really not feeling too well so i waited for about 5 minutes and then her attendant opened the door and i went in and there she was sitting regally on the bed propped up about 6 pillows behind her perfectly made up coiffed and perfectly dressed so i said zora pa theek to hain she said ha kyun nahi i said to phir aapne mujhe rukne ke liye kyun bola she said are suit to pehenti theek thaak कोई मिलने आया है भाई शक्ल तो संभालू अपनी सो आई थॉट दिस इज दिस इज नॉट समथिंग आई एक्सपेक्टेड एट ऑल हाउ एवर द रियल रीजन दैट आई थॉट हर हर स्टोरी एंड हर लाइफ वर वर्थ टेलिंग इज बिकॉज ए शी लिव टू बी अंड्रेड एंड टू शी डाइड इन टू थाउजेंड फोर्टीन um and she spanned a whole century of the performing arts in india now there are very few people whom you can say that about but what is even more remarkable is that she is the only woman who was in all the performing arts except music so dance the- um theater film television um and to be able to uh to perform in all with the kind of panache and elan i mean dolly will tell you she has known her as well and seen her i've never seen her dance uh, i've only ever seen her uh, in film and on the stage but i can tell you that she was an out and out professional one of the things she said to me when she came back to india from england and dolly will probably bear me out as well she said you know what i miss when she started acting in films in bombay she said what i miss is the professionalism she said yahan to koi taiyari nahi karta wo john abraham jo hai wo mere kaan mein aake pus 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 karta are how am i supposed to emote you have to say something apni lines yaad karo bhai lines padh ke aao 
She read her script any number of times before she opened her mouth. So it struck me that there was something about this woman, this performer, this, this aristocrat who needn't have done anything in her life to have lived the kind of life she did, made the choices that she made, struggled with adversity, struggled with tragedy, and come out on top. The other name for the book could probably have been Zora and her travels. She traveled the world. She drove around the world. She traveled the world. And it's amazing in the way that from London, where she packed her bags and came back to Almora, how her life was, was sort of so full of it, especially in Almora when they finally landed up there with the Udeshankar uh, company. It was a web of activity. Uh, and certainly it's a page turner because there's a gossip in every sentence in terms of who slept with whom at which point of time. Tell us a little bit about that time in her life. I, she, uh, afterwards I asked her, I said, because honestly speaking, I do believe this. And she also said it in so many words. Um, she was madly and deeply in love with Uday Shankar. As were about 3,000 other students, male and female. So, uh, and of course he, uh, as Sanjoy has said very plainly, uh, he had no, uh, he, no holes barred with everybody, whoever was there. So uh, I asked her once, I said to her, she said, Are, he was sleeping with everybody. I didn't want that. I'm quite conservative, you know. So <laughs> I thought, okay, that's a good enough reason, a good enough reason for anyone. But then she said, and anyway, she said, everybody knew she ye to chodingi nahi usko. She, that was Amla Shankar. Amla Shankar. And the, and the other fascinating thing was really her relationship with her sister. I don't know if any of you know, Uzra Apa, she was supposed to have been the more beautiful, uh, the better performer, the sort of star of the Uday Shankar company. We had the occasion in mid 80s or early 90s, I can't remember, for the first time putting together and, uh, and hosting a production of Ekthi Nani, uh, starring both Uzra Apa and, uh, and Zora at Habitat, full houses, uh, absolutely standing ovation. But tell, her about, tell us a little bit about the relationship between Uzra and Zora. I think one of the most painful moments in uh, Zora's life was when uh, Uzra decided that she and her husband, or rather her husband decided, husband's family decided that they would move to Pakistan uh, after, in the early 50s. Uh, 1952, I think it was, maybe 53. Because that kind of break with the sister uh, with whom she shared everything was a very big blow to her, very big emotional blow to her. Mind you, she always, in public, she always sort of said, she's the beauty and I'm the beast, she's the angel and I'm the devil. And then she would always make a joke about how uh, a guard at Carnegie Hall, when they were performing there in New York, asked for the segel, asked for one segel, and the guard said, which one do you mean, the one with the big eyes or the big hips? And, you know, she would keep making cracks like this as though to suggest that there was this 
deep rivalry between them. Uh, not a bit of it. People keep asking me, and so I asked Kiran, I said, well, everyone knows about Prithviraj Kapoor and Uzra Bhatt, and everyone knows that Uzra was the love of his life, and he never got over her till the day he died. But uh, people have also suggested that Zohra was one of his lady loves. And she said, Bilkul nahi. And I have to say that I never ever thought that that could have been the case. So I said to Kiran, I said, but koi to hoga. I mean, there's no smoke without a fire. She said, and this is not in the book. Uh, she said, Deko, if there was anyone, I think, and I think I'm right, she said, it was Shami Kapoor. Wow, beautiful, beautiful. A, 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 a book that you all must pick up and have it signed. Dolly Thakur, again, if it was The Travels with Zora, her book, Regrets None, is again such a journey from when she was a child and she moved schools and her first love, uh, which was a fascinating story. Dolly, tell us about your early childhood. Oh, before I dwell into that, I was, must continue with Zora Appa. I was very lucky that I knew her in London. And the first person I met when I went for a rehearsal was at Zora's house uh, in Belsize Park. And then, of course, we had lots of rehearsals together, lots of TV uh, things together. Many years later, when I returned to Mumbai, uh, it was her birthday. And I had invited her to my place and I invited all the people from the Prithvi Theatre, from the Prithvi Raj group that she worked in. And as it happened, Uzra Appa was there also. So it was wonderful to have both the sisters there. Now, my house is the size of the stage, huh? my full house. And so they, were, they all came jam-packed in it. And Zora Appa recited, Abhi to mein jawan and my little son, this is before he and uh, Arya became best friends, because Kwasar was only seven or eight years old at the time. And Kwasar played the lighting expert. So he held the lamp, and Zorapa was performing in the balcony. I had a balcony attached. But, you know, I mean, I have such lovely, endearing memories with Appa. And I was there for her 100th birthday at the Habitat, I think it was. And uh, uh, she's somebody that... One can never forget, never forget. All right, now about myself. <laughs> Tell me what you want to know. Your early life, it was so fascinating. This is a whole world ago. And, and you went from place to place. You were being transferred. Your family was transferred. And, of course, your first love, which was, again, a fascinating telling of the story. My uh, father was in the Air Force. But in those days... The Air Force wasn't what it is today, where you can fly out almost anywhere. And, they, you, and uh, so I've traveled um, uh, Hyderabad, Kohat, Kanpur, every Delhi uh, with my father. What was lovely about the life that I led is we never worried about who wore what, who talked what language, who ate what, who prayed in whichever way they did. And I can't tell you how much confidence that gave you. It was wonderful. I, my heart weeps and breaks at what is happening to my country now. It was so wonderful to be like that. We never bothered of what perfume you put on, what long car you drove in, which house you lived in. You know, it was such an equalizer. 
And I'm so glad that I was a part of that India. And that is the life that I had led. And again, the education that we were taught was all, we had moral science, but it was really moral. It wasn't about which God you knelt to or which person you, uh, which house you went to or which temple you went to or which mosque you went to. I mean, you, you know, I mean, moral science was a subject that was taught in school. We were also taught current affairs, which is something that I keep telling all the schools where I'm invited to be chief guest or whatever. We used to have a topic called current topics every Saturday morning for 45 hours, 45 minutes. And we had to bring in a cutting from a newspaper. It could be as silly as a cat caught up in a roof or on a treetop or something. But, you know, those are the kind of values that one imbibed. I have never been scared of being wrong about anything or doing wrong or being accused of anything. And I think that's what's given me the courage to be who I am. And this is the message that I would like to pass on to everybody else. I don't know what else you want to know, but here you are. Do Dolly, one, one of the most interesting things again in the book is that you belong to a different time and yet you were able to break what could have possibly been shackles to be able to embark onto this incredible journey, which is your public life. And your public life in those days, I mean, as a woman, and you know, you had the good fortune of having met and been part of so many historical occasions. Was there a challenge as, as a woman, as, as a young person, as a, as a girl? Was you know, I think I wasn't scared of anything. I was honest with myself and therefore honest with people. Um, I can't remember anybody pointing fingers and saying, hey, look how which is what I hear a lot of people getting today. And none of that phased me. You know, I'm not saying that everybody applauded what I did because I, uh, my first experience in theater, which I have related and which is in my book, was at the age of five. I was playing Krishna. I was painted blue and all that. The curtain opened. I took my first step and the sari fell off. And the curtain came down and all the Air Force wives rushed in to then tidy me up. And when the curtain opened, there was a huge applause from the audience. All Air Force wives and things. And But that applause has rung in my ears always. I've always wanted an applause. And I hope that you all will applause after yeah. this. <laughs> So I stepped into debates, elocution, into house, into college, into university, into uh, everything. I, I, I attended the uh, at Talkatora Gardens at the uh, international festivals that we used to have. I've uh, sat next to Pandaji uh, near his knee, Pandaji. For me, Pandaji, there's only one Pandaji, and that's Pandit Jawaharlal Nehru. He put his hands on my shoulder to get up. And I didn't wash that choli for three months. I mean, that is the kind of adoration, adulation, respect that one had for people at that time. Arkia, what brought you to this wonderful story and the telling of it? And uh, in many ways, you've captured not just her journey, but you've also captured, you've given a vignette of so much of history 
uh, you know, there's so many people she met, so many incidents that happened. How did that come about? Um, well, it actually has its roots in one single story. But I'd just like to share with everybody what I said to uh, Ritu just before this session started. Is up until now, I've been describing uh, her life as one that is epic in its sweep. And I still maintain that. But in Segal, it's nothing. Like, that is quite literally an insane span. Um, the story was very simple, Sanjay. I, 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 I was sitting doing lines with her. Uh, I've directed her three times, which is why I call her DT when we're working. You can't yell at somebody and say auntie. Um, I've known her for a very long time. Um, but she told me this story, which is in the book, about uh, uh, quitting smoking, how she quit smoking. And it w it's, an, it's an exquisite little anecdote. So uh, I'm very close friends with her son. And I, I, I said, you know, this is the, you should write a book, I said to her. <laughs> um, famous last words. Because she went, I've been writing one for 40 years. So I said uh, to Kwasar, I said, listen, I'm being serious because I think some of these stories that she has, and the stories aren't the stories that you'd expect Dolly Thakur stories to be, the public figure, all of that. It's the little things, the childhood, the being a defense services kid, the first heartbreak, which to me is the biggest heartbreak, I think, to her as well. Um, and I said to uh, Kwasar, I said, you know, if she needs some help, um, I'd be willing to, because I think the story should be out there. Uh, three days later, a suitcase arrived, uh, but you know, full of transcripts, notes, 40,000 words of a manuscript, and clippings. Um, and you know, here we are. Uh, that was one part of it. But the big thing for me, and I do think, so for me, her life traces a part of the history of Bombay, in particular, a part of the history of India in particular. Obviously, it's a very small part of it. But she's been through so many huge shifts. Um, and what was personally very important to me, because she's been someone who I've known for a very long time. She went from being a friend's mum to being a mother figure of sorts. She's an actor I've worked with severally. Uh, she says uh, I am her favorite director, but she said, doesn't say that publicly. Um, um, so I've worked with her several times. She's a confidant. She's someone I've, I lean on for a great deal of support. She's been there for very many strange points in my life. And to me, what was important was capturing her voice. And the, her voice for people who know her is markedly different from the voice uh, that people think she has. I don't know if I've done it justice, but that was what the what the whole thing was. You can, you can but just before you said that, Ritu, I wanted to check. I guess so. What did you leave out? Not a lot, actually. Uh, she's very clear. She wanted she wanted it all there. She because she it's genuine. You know this thing that I've I have no regrets. I don't hold anything back. I've shared anything. I have was angry with people before. I no longer am because how long are you going to hold on to a grudge? And this remarkable lack of fear, there was a point in time three years ago when I turned the dictaphone off and I said, look, I'm not recording anymore. You were 23 years old and you went to London on the strength of a handshake. Like, tell me the you... The promise, were, the promise yeah. of a possible... Yeah. If you come, I'll have a job India. for you. 
no visa no passport um there's a line she that, did have a piece of paper yeah she did have so nothing no paper. contract uh, just just a conversation at a party there's a line that we refer to constantly in the book well not constantly quite a lot it's the kindness of strangers which is tennessee williams of course but i said you know you had but 3 days later because somebody else overheard the conversation she had a passport she had an entry permit her mother's her sister worked for air india her mother said i'll give you the money and you know 3 weeks later you're standing on a pavement in london and i said surely you are afraid surely no i'm going to come back to the heartbreak because i think that's the sort of at the center of the kernel of the book but ritu you were going to say something and i'm going to ask you uh of course uh, um... I haven't been able to put the book down, by the way, ever since I got it, which was two days ago. I still haven't finished it. And as I told you when we were chatting, there are so many familiar names and so many familiar uh, passages and uh, and encounters and so on. But Argya, what struck me, and I'm amazed at the fact that you have managed to get her voice. So how did you do it? Did did how much did she write, and how much did you? did you intuit and write there was 40000 words of a manuscript that stopped at about 1988 or 1990 uh and then <laughs> things that we got in the it's like a john woo film um things that we got in the manuscript uh, sorry uh, in the suitcase that arrived somebody else had done about 5 hours of interviews with her so there were transcripts of that and then i did much to my eternal regret another 7 hours of interviews with her so we and and a lot of it was not necessarily material that made it in the book but just chatting and i'm very cognizant of the fact that i am a young man uh, who has co-authored a book with a woman and it's it could be a very problematic thing but i also feel like one of the reasons i was able to do it is because i've known her as long as i have in the capacities that i've had i was her son's friend then i became someone she worked with then i became someone who worked with her quite um quite uh, strongly independently intensely etc etc and we've been through a lot together weirdly enough um so yeah I, it's just you know listening to it over and over and over that again. could have been a problem but i think you've done an absolutely extraordinary you, job you, because it's i know how difficult it is to get that tone, tone to get the pitch and you know something that's astonishing in this book and i i want to say this because i'm i'm also an editor those short sentences very difficult to pull off if you don't get it absolutely right and you have managed to do that thank you very much i'd also just like to say that uh, the first job she ever had was as a copy editor and receiving and 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 our great editorial team is here somewhere yes hi swati thank you for everything but i just also want to say to get a manuscript back from dt after she's read it is very bruising for the soul and the ego it's it's it's, it's this is a lovely sentence the next 3 pages are garbage thanks i'll i'll, I'll come and run more tape <laughs> so yeah no, but that shows you know that shows that copy editors uh brutal brutal, brutal uh, sort of uh, just junking or whatever is not necessary so that's why i recognize i said is this dolly's voice or argya's voice ritu talking coming back to your work i mean here was zora who's not with us anymore and again the research that went into it was amazing the question that i have for you is that zora performed 
all the time. She only wanted you to see her, as you said, when you walked in, in a particular space. And yet, in points, you have moved beyond that, beyond her persona. How were you able to break through that and tell the other story? You know, some, uh, sometimes I think that uh, by the time I got to know her, she was already in her 90s, late 80s, 90s. I, I didn't, uh, unlike uh, Dolly, I never knew her. When she, mind you, she was in her uh, 50s when she reached London. Imagine, of course, Dolly's courage is, is amazing. But Zora arrived in London at the age of 50, no beauty, a single mother, no jobs, just, uh, you know, a few weeks in the British Drama League. And she decided she's going to make her way in, in British theater. I mean, who was looking at an Asian woman and a 50-year-old Asian woman who was not much to look at? As she said, I look like Ho Chi Minh. <laughs> but I do think that by the time I got to know her, she had become her persona. It was actually not that easy to get to. I wish she had been alive when I was working on this, because I would have asked her some things that, of course, I never thought to ask earlier. For example, she said to me, she said, Kamesh was always very jealous of Uday Shankar. I said, Wo kaise? She said, um, he, he said to me, I said, what? She said, huh? Then she said, in Bombay, I opened an album in He said, Sari Uday Shankar ki photo, Sari Now, I wanted to ask her, actually. I would have asked her, look, how did you survive after he died? How did you actually uh, live for another 52 years or more with that knowledge? And she always said to me, I have never been able to tell Pavan, her son, what really happened. Now, here is a woman who actually, I think, had a very, very, very private core that she allowed nobody to see. Now, it, 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 uh, it, someone, when they were reviewing this book, said that there is an absence in the book, and they're right. That absence is the Zora that no one was allowed to see. Maybe Uzra. But by the time I was doing the work, Uzra had passed away. There was no one I could ask other than her two children and her many colleagues and friends and people like Dolly and Kumar Sinha and many, many others, there was no intimate person I could speak to who was left. So it wasn't easy, Sandra. Uh, Ritu, I'm going to come to you in a second, Dolly. Ritu, tell us, you know, heartbreak has been the center of both these books in different ways. Heartbreak, uh, mental illness in, in this case, uh, the, the sense of separation, the sense of not being able to live up to that image. Did you feel that Zora carried that sort of sense of, of loss or the sense of not being able to fulfill everything? You know, there was something that I found remarkable in Dolly's book, and I'm going to link it to Zora. 
which is you never say die. You never accept that you cannot overcome. And you never, as she said to me, Zora, when I asked her once, I said, Aapne kaise zindagi is tarah se lari without any... She said, I never look back and I have no regrets. Now, she had decided, come what may, I'm going to do what I have chosen to do. And I think she sublimated everything in her work. That's my only answer. If I had been able to talk to her and ask her what it meant and how she managed and so on, I might have... I might have arrived at another conclusion. But having talked to so many people and having actually tried to do whatever I could to, to uncover, uh, you know, the times she lived in and the choices she made, I really do think that her work became her life. And it enabled her to deal with that, that kind of adversity. She said to me once, she said, I know I was a very bad mother to Pavan the son, who was only eight when his father died. But she said, Main kya karti? he needed a father figure. There was none. Well, what could I do? And she was terrified that he would take to drugs, which he did. Briefly, but he did. It, it tore her up. She just didn't know how to deal with. So I'm saying there were moments in her life where I'm sure she would have been utterly, utterly, you know, despairing. But Dolly, utterly, utterly despairing. There you were waiting in your house. You had bought this dream house, or you were promised a dream house, and there you were going to move in, and then it all fell apart. Despair, and you had to move to a much smaller place. You moved out no, of no. this. It was the same place. It was the, the same place. So, but, but before I go, we go into all that, I want to say, share something about Zora Appa. Um, she. My son runs a festival called the Thespo Festival, where we acknowledge uh, theatre greats, etc. And so, uh, Zora Apa was given the Lifetime Achievement Award, and we had a dinner at home. In fact, at my at Pasar's house in Varsova, those that know Andheri and Varsova and Mumbai, and Zora sitting there on that chair, and she's telling me, "I'm trying to fly flirt with your father, and he's not even looking at me." <laughs> And my father was also 92 years old, a widower, just a new widow at that time. And she says, I'm trying to flirt with him and he's not even looking at me. So, I mean, But that's the spirit that Appa had. You know, I mean, she it was a never say die. Uh, well, that was the outward spirit that she, she had. Absolutely, absolutely. Going and back, never, despair. Okay. Um, now, what is the question? I've forgotten what you said. It's about you, you know, you had been promised this house, you guys had moved in. Yeah, but that's okay. I mean, it's, it's all now forgotten and gone. That was all 40 years ago. But uh, uh, it's not that I uh, don't resent it, but I have no regrets about it anymore. I don't hold any grudges. And in fact, when he died, I was the one who was with him uh, till the last minute. So I mean, that's life. Life goes on. You can't bear grudges and live your whole life just because something's gone wrong. And that was also uh, 40, it all started 40 years ago. 40 years ago is when he moved out of this house, which I thought was going to be my dream house. But it didn't work out that way. And so what? I mean, you know, we still kept in touch. 10 years, I didn't speak to him. But after that, we were best friends. Well, not case, best friends, but we were friends. We're talking about Alex. So advertising in that time and you were very much part of the advertising set, the musical set, the theater set. 
set the stage for us a little bit what was it like well to tell you that um i did a play called the birthday party by harold pinter in which alec directed me and i was i think 28 years old then but he directed me as a 26 year old lulu wearing a strapless uh, top and a backless and short little skirt i think 30 years later arya lahiri directed me in the same play and i played meg the lady in charge of the guest house where these people all come and i mean that is a wonderful experience from a 26 year old sexy lulu to playing meg and i must say he did a wonderful job because i had a lot of compliments for that but particular performance it would have been deeply problematic had she played the same character as like my directorial career not that it's great shakes but these I, days everything is possible with the botox alter uh, tell me you know you talked about uh, directing her uh, you talked about being uh, i mean her being a support of course aquasar is a great friend how do you make the sort of leap between one and the other and why did this book become a book and not a play i well it's it's a book because she began it as a book i to respect what she wanted to do with it i think is the most important thing um kwasar said to me when he read one of the earlier drafts he said uh, i find it very theatrical because it's like she's speaking so if somebody wants to take a shot at it they are more than welcome i will have nothing to do with it i don't think i can um it's not you know the when when you work with somebody who you've known uh, outside of the theater um perhaps also the theater allows this where you can sort of put on the hat of a director and take it off um it wasn't ever too problematic i have to say um in fact i you know i enjoy working with her very much and i we've done some really excellent stuff together in my opinion at least like she's always been wonderful and she's able to find things um but you know that there are things that you have to do for her somebody has to go home and run lines with her it's now par for course because she can't remember it the way she used to be able to that's fair i'll do that because i know that what she will bring if she feels secure enough is that powerful do we have time take? for questions or it's a time out to two questions okay uh, ritu you were asking i was just asking how long did it take you to write it actually? well it took dt 45 years but we started 16 so and it was out last year but we must also take the pandemic into account so it maybe so three years, four, four, years, four years four would have been any any questions no yeah hi so uh, that's uh, the fascinating difference here is really that uh, what ritu has written as a biography and what arya has written as an autobiography uh between arya and uh, ms thakur is there anything of the core that you have not revealed or have you completely pulled the rug out of any future biographer sorry can somebody just relay that question again i couldn't hear you very well no i have to say at i well we can say it now Sorry, there think, was a uh, there was a point where Kwasar, her son, and I sat her down and went through a list of things, saying, "Are you sure you want this in the book?" And she said, "Yes." So there's been any censorship. 
that has that has emerged from this process and there has been some has come from her on reflection i i i will emphasize that very much it's not i was you know i went to bat for her uh, and i knew that part of my job was to be the battering ram that i needed to make this possible for her and then we would go with whatever she wanted to go with so there are people who passed away or whatever and she may wanted to not go in the direction of revealing certain things but that's it that came from her a second question Oh, oh, sorry. Hello. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So, Arya, this is actually more for you. Okay. Um, you have uh, my first comment is they don't make them like this anymore, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so you've been working with thespians. Yes. And younger people in theatre. Yes. Uh, I wanted to ask you. You know, we. so much about these mental health issues right now okay now dolly zora apa all of them had their own turmoil but somehow they it became larger than life so i just there's so many thoughts right now but did a life in theater give them that confidence that you know that chutzpa to break through it you know and will you recommend theater as a cathartic therapeutic tool for other young people to come into Build confidence, etc. If I may, I think we're conflating perhaps three different things. There are many things. Uh, yeah. I think uh, greater understanding about things like mental health mm-hmm. should always be an ongoing process. Absolutely. We know more now than we did last year, and hopefully next year we will know more than we did this year. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I'm very reluctant to conflate the two. Okay. I will, I will suggest that. I think it's the other way around. I think that these two women were drawn to the theater because they are who they are. But did their experience enable them? The theater always them? does, but it works differently for different people. It's not it's not a it's not a cure for, you know, it doesn't help you process things better. It maybe allows you to see the world with more colors, but it's not a it's not it can be therapeutic it is not therapy if that makes okay. sense yeah. okay. um but i do think that they uh, endured with the things they did because they are who they are and you will notice that they are both actually from they, they come from different kind of family backgrounds but also very similar family backgrounds very secular raised by people uh, in dt's case actually her grandmother and aunt who hammered into them and in 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 zora's case her father that there is nothing to be afraid of they grew up with us innate sense of fairness uh, about the world that what you put in is what you will get out um and they grew up in a better time where innocence was treasured instead of mocked um and i think those things made them who they are and that is why they sustained in the theater as long as they did uh, as opposed to the other way around the theater propped them up and turned them into these people it enriched their lives of course uh, it as it does everybody's but i think if that makes sense yeah, yeah. Yeah. thank, thank you. you argya enjoyed this download the mensa app and start your own live audio conversation